Well, hello everyone. Welcome again to Christ Central Church and greetings to those who are watching online. My name is Joe Crummy and I'm going to be speaking today. And just a reminder that our friends Mark and Debbie Rushworth, their family, they're with Christ Community Church in Charlottetown this morning. So we're thrilled that they're able to be with them and serve there. Can you believe it's the first Sunday in December? Wow. Wow. Very exciting though. And as you're probably aware, there's a little event going on in the world right now called the World Cup, where athletes and nations have their eyes on the prize of winning the trophy. And I won't comment that a few people left early last Sunday showing where their true devotion was to get to a certain game. Um, but we're not going to mention any names or anything like that. We're going to keep going. But here's the thing. It's such a reminder that those athletes, all those teams, even the nations that are cheering them on, they're focused. They know what they've put their eyes on the prize. They're going for that goal, and they are not going to be deviated from that prize or that goal. And folks, Christmas is a reminder <laughs> of where our eyes, our goal, our heart, our prize, our focus should really be. And that's all about our relationship with the living God that we've been singing about this morning. And over the last few months, we've been on this whole theme of being formed and that we're being formed by something. And for we as Christ followers, we're saying we want to behold, we want to fix our eyes on Jesus. And it's so hard. <laughs> oh, my soul, you get so distracted. <laughs> It's so hard to keep, and that's why we just keep coming back. We're going to remind each other again, and we're looking at different aspects of who Jesus is that we realize as we do that, we are formed in that way as well. And here's a very important behold that goes with the Christmas story that we've been singing about in different songs this morning. Luke 2.10, we read this. The angel said to them, that's the shepherds, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For today, a Savior is born. Just think about it. An angel showing up, angels, and saying this. Just think about where your circumstances are right now in life. And the angel says, don't be afraid. Behold, I have great news of great joy that's for all the people. Does that count you in? Are you a person people? To all people. Don't be afraid. Behold, good news, great joy for all people. A Savior is born. So here's a question. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want to receive that good news? Well, today we're going to look at another behold. We're going to look at another aspect of Jesus and what does Jesus say about himself. And this always has to do with Jesus' identity. And so we're going to put the scripture up on the screen. It's John 8 verse 12, and this is what we're going to key in on this morning. And the context is Jesus, they're asking Jesus about who he is, where he's from, because he's doing all these incredible things. So let's, can we read this together if you're able? John 8, 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Wow, what a profound claim, isn't it? Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. Can you imagine any of us saying that? 
Only God can say something like that. But here's the thing. Maybe you've heard that before. Maybe you've heard that Jesus has claimed to be the light of the world. But here's the interesting thing about that verse that really stood out to me in studying for this. Jesus said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So what's the assumption Jesus is making? Jesus is saying, if you follow me, you'll never walk in darkness. So what's the assumption? We walk in darkness. So a lot of times we focus on, and rightfully so, Jesus, light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The assumption Jesus is saying this is, guess what? You're walking in darkness. The angel said, don't be afraid. Good news, great joy, all people, a savior is born. We're saying, who wouldn't want that? Here's the reality. Most people, it seems, don't want that. Mm -hmm. So we're going to unpack that a little bit and say, why is that? In Jesus' day, throughout the world, and I think in our, we're very used to sort of the metaphor of light and darkness. Light usually symbolizes what is good. Darkness usually symbolizes what is bad. In the Bible, God is light. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God created Adam and Eve, first creation. Folks, it was amazing. Garden paradise like I don't know about you but winter starts Andrew's like I just want to go down south (laughs) bring me to paradise Adam and Eve were in paradise not just the surroundings but with God they walked with God but we read this darkness comes as a result of Adam and Eve they didn't believe God not putting it but they ignored God they trusted they didn't trust God's word and instead they believed Satan's lies, and they chose to go their own way, and there were consequences, and they were put out of the garden, and they had broken relationship with God. And the Bible says this, this is when darkness spiritually entered humankind. Because what was their response? They hid, they were ashamed, they were fearful, there was loss. There was loss of relationship with God, and then as we see very quickly on, there was loss of relationship between fellow human beings and there were consequences darkness physically as well that all of a sudden pain and suffering and death was entered in folks I'm just trying to lay here a foundation of understanding that in our culture we don't talk a whole lot about that there's actually that the Bible talks about that there is a kingdom of darkness And the Bible talks about Satan, a real entity, created being, angel, rebelled against God, and hates God, hates all of creation, and does everything he can to destroy. And the Bible says that Satan is like a little G God. So it's little G God. But he rules the world after Adam and Eve, where he usurped their authority. And all of a sudden, this world that we're in is a kingdom of darkness, spiritually speaking. And so we see signs and symptoms of that. So if you're in the dark, here's the thing. You can't see, can you? You're kind of groping about, and you're like, I I don't know where I'm going. What else happens in the dark? And I am 49 years old, and sometimes this still happens. What happens when you're in the dark sometimes? 
You're scared. That's exactly it. You think you grow out of that. And then sometimes you're in situations when you're old and you're kind of like, I don't know, I'm walking home by myself and it's pitch black and I'm going like, I'm a little fearful. And, uh, you know, you get feared. There's, we're afraid of the dark. Sometimes we're fearful in the dark. Sometimes darkness also is we hide from the light. So I'm in the lights here and we're kind of like, I don't like being in the spotlight. I'm just going to come over here and ah, oh, it's nicer when, I, when I'm not in the light. We hide from things. These are all signs and symptoms that there's folks, there's something wrong. And we have an enemy, the Bible says this, masquerades as an angel of light. And so we have one who counterfeits God, because Satan can't create anything. All he can do is distort, counterfeit, deceive. Folks, I could go on and on and on, but I hope maybe you're going to see this, that we're in the dark, that we've got a problem. Now here's where I want to break it down. And this is where hopefully you'll track with me. There's a lot of times, and the Bible says this, and just even in my conversation with people, and even in my own experience just for myself, so I can't point the fingers at anyone else. I'm going to do a very brief summary, and I'm sure there's more, but I'm just going to briefly look at just kind of three reactions to if we were to say we're in the dark. And I think probably in our Western worldview in North America and in Fredericton, this is probably number one. Most people don't think we're in the dark. So it's hard to say Jesus is light of the world and point people to Jesus, and if you follow him, you won't be in darkness anymore. Most people are like this, dude, I'm not in, like, what are you talking about? I'm not in the dark. So they're like, it's kind of like this. We're in the light right now, and then we're kind of saying, here's a flashlight to help you get out of the dark. And they're like, I don't need a flashlight. I can see. That's how I think most of our culture sees Jesus as light of the world. Hey, if you're blind and you're dark, here you go. But I'm doing pretty well. Thank you very much. I don't need God. I don't need Jesus. Or I don't need, you know, things that we're singing about. And as long as I don't hurt anyone, I'm tolerant of everyone, and I try to help the climate and all these different things, which are good things. But it's kind of like, if you need Jesus, that's great, but I don't need Jesus. They might not say that overtly, but that's kind of what's going on. So there's kind of like this, I don't really think I'm in the dark. That's where we're at. Other people, and and look, I'm telling you, I've thought of all these things, okay? So again, maybe I can just share my own experience. We know we live in a dark world. But here's the difference. Dar the darkness is out there. So we know we live in a dark world. Every day in the news, we're like, but there's bad people out there. <laughs> so it's out there. We, we admit, yeah, we live in a dark world. Ooh, man, times... And I'm always laugh because I don't laugh. It's sad, but we all say it. It's like, man, our world is really messed up. Folks, every generation has said our world's messed up. <laughs> but it's getting worse. Well, we just know more about what's going on. You look at history. We got a messed up world. But here's the thing. So we admit that we live in darkness, but it's out there. So it's bad people in, so it's out there. And then there's a third type of people, and you, and you kind of come down to this, and you're kind of like, you know what? I begin to realize we live in a dark world, 
and it's not just out there, guess where it is? In here. And if I'm honest, man, I'm messed up. But here's the missing part. A lot of times, without Jesus, understanding that and recognizing that just leads to despair, anxiety, fear. Because we don't know what the solution is. And folks, I'm sure there's more than just that. But those are the three things that, if I can kind of just try to summarize... There is no darkness. Life is good, comfortable. There is no darkness. What are you talking about? There is darkness, but it's out there. There is darkness, it's in here, but I don't know what to do about it. And if you can track with that, then here's the scary thing. And this is what Jesus talked about, and this is the context that Jesus was saying he was light of the world. You know who he's really talking to? He was talking to the good people. So it's a scary thing, because a lot of times we see Jesus, light of the world, we think, I don't know what you think, but you think criminals, you think people who are, you know, really messed up, they need Jesus. But for the rest of us, <laughs> we're okay. And Jesus was actually talking to the religious, the moral, the good people, who had good traditions, who had good family back, who had good history, good deeds, and Jesus said this, you're blind, you're living in darkness you're missing a relationship a living relationship with the living God and your efforts and what you think your morality is is different from God's so Graham can we just put up that slide because here's what I just want to see the difference is when Jesus says he's light of the world Sometimes, oh, my flashlight just went. I wonder if that's a sign. <laughs> we think Jesus is light of the world. I'm in the light. A flashlight's not going to help me. I don't need it. When Jesus says he's light of the world, this is more what he's talking about. Jesus sees the inside. So I couldn't get a picture of a heart, but you get the illustration. It's a whole different view, what Jesus sees. Oh, Emma, to the rescue, thank you. <laughs> That's an even better one. So sometimes Jesus is a light. And a lot of times we say God's word is light to our feet like that. It's true, so don't. But a lot of times we think, I, I'm, I can see. I don't need a light. Jesus' light of the world is more like this. Jesus sees our hearts. Jesus sees the things. If you looked at someone, you wouldn't necessarily see I'm seeing you. I'm seeing the person. Yeah, but you take an x-ray, you take a CT scan, you take whatever. Guess what? You get a whole different view of what's going on. That's what Jesus is talking about. And he's saying the darkness isn't just out there. And when we think the darkness is out there, this is what we think. We think education, science, progress, enlightenment. If we can just educate people better, then the world will be a better place. Well, kind of. But it doesn't really address the heart. And for people to know that, yeah, I'm the problem, but there's despair and anxiety 
and understanding that, you know what? There's a lot of pressure. And my life's pretty fragile, especially when others might not agree with me. So folks, I'm just trying to ask you and to prompt you and for all of us to say, if we really are in darkness, and it's not just something out there, but it's something in here, how do we get out of the darkness? And folks, that's the good news of Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. And we sang about it this morning, that the light was promised all the way along. And Jody even shared it this morning saying, hey, back in Old Testament, we had to follow sacrifices and rules and regulations and all these things, but there was a promise coming that a light is coming. And I love that every song, I think we sang and Julia started this morning with this verse, Isaiah 9, 2, and 6 starts out, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. Do you think that's applicable to us today? (laughs) For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and Jesus' birth was the fulfillment of all those old, that's just one, Old Testament prophecies and promises. And we read this in Luke 2, part of the Christmas story that we don't always read, that Simeon was at the temple. He had been promised that before he dies, he's going to see the Savior. What a promise. And it says in Luke 2, 29 to 32, it says, as Simeon held baby Jesus, he said this, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Saying it's good news of great joy for all people, Jew and Gentile, because the Savior is born. The light shines in the darkness, John 1, 4, but the darkness has not overcome it, referring to Jesus. Jesus, the light, overcomes the darkness. And many times, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you read those gospels and those stories of Jesus' account of what he did, guess what he did a lot of the time? He physically healed blind people. People who were blind in Jesus, where he spoke the word, he did it in many different ways. And many people, for the first time, they could see physically. And that's how word spread Somebody was doing miracles that we've never seen happen before. People who were blind can now see. People who couldn't hear before are now here. People who couldn't walk are now leaping and praising God. It was a miracle. Folks, that's the context for people trying to figure out who Jesus was. They're like, who is Jesus? They're asking all kinds of people's opinion. Who is he? And what authority does he come? We've never seen authority like this before. That's the context that Jesus, in the midst of all that, when he says, he said to the people, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Folks, we need to hear that again this morning. Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He's saying physical, you're seeing Jesus, you're seeing physical healing. You're seeing blind being able to see. Jesus is saying, I'm talking something even bigger than that. I'm talking about hearts that are blind. But Jesus says, 
I'm opening hearts to know God and have a relationship with him as Father, Emmanuel, God with us. Folks, that's bigger than any physical miracle. That's the context. And Jesus said another incredible thing. Jesus saying, you know what? You're amazed by these miracles. But I'm going to do another thing that's actually going to show that I'm the light of the world more than anything else. And you're kind of thinking, what is it, Jesus? Like, what, what else can you do? And this is what Jesus said, if you continue on in John 8. Jesus saying, you'll really know I'm the light of the world when this happens. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just what the Father has taught me. It's amazing. Jesus, light of the world, saying, actually, when my life is snuffed out, then you'll really know that I'm the light of the world. It's like... So we jump ahead to Easter, and we remember that Jesus went to trial for claiming to be God. That was one the main reason he went to trial. No one can make claims like that unless you're God. And they're like, are you really making those claims? And Jesus is saying, I'm who you say I am. And Jesus was beaten. He carried his own cross. He was insulted, mocked, nailed, hung on a cross for all to see. And when Jesus, light of the world, was actually snuffed out, that was the greatest revelation of Jesus as the Messiah. He fulfilled all the prophecies about the suffering servant. And we read this, that Jesus, light of the world, was swallowed by darkness. Luke 23, 44 writes this. As Jesus died, it says, Now it was about noon, and there was darkness over the whole land until 3 p.m., while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Folks, do you see it? Behold, Jesus, light of the world, on the cross, snuffed out. The physical world went dark for about three hours. And Jesus, light of the world, being snuffed out, actually purchased light and life for us through his death and thankfully through his resurrection and his ascension. Jesus came to dispel spiritual darkness. And to do so, Jesus had to endure the darkness and suffering of the cross and separation from his Father so that he could give that salvation to us who follow him. And folks, this morning, just as we close, Jesus made this universal declaration. I am the light of the world. That's a huge declaration. But it gets very personal very quickly. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but have the light of life. Universal declaration. I'm the light of the world. encompassing the whole world. A very personal choice. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but have the light of life. Folks, if you went to your doctor and you looked absolutely normal and the doctor shone a light and did an x-ray, a CT scan, MRI, whatever it might be, and said, you've got a disease, you're in danger. One minute you're saying, I'm not in darkness. I can say, I'm in the light. I'm normal. Everything's good. Until a different light shines and reveals our true status.
folks, our true status, and it offends, it, it offends, it offends, it offends. I don't, it offends. In our culture, it offends to say, you know what? We're actually in the dark. And it's not just something out there, it's actually in here. But good news, don't be afraid of great joy. To all people, a Savior has come. We don't have to be in despair. We can turn and say, Jesus, I'm choosing to follow you. And being a Christian, it's kind of like they're both intertwined, two sides of the same coin. It's a, there's like a moment in time, a transaction, and it's everyday life 24-7 for the rest of your life are combined. There's a being born again and being born of God's spirit and just confessing Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that God, you raised Jesus from the dead. He is everything he claimed to be and I'm putting my trust in him and we verbally say that and we go through baptism to show outwardly what's gone on inwardly that my old life with Christ is buried below the water and I'm united with Christ and just as Christ was raised from the dead, I'm raised and as we come out of the water, we got new life and there's a, and everything that was Jesus gets transacted to us, and everything that was us gets transacted to Jesus. We get his righteousness. He takes our sin. He takes our darkness. We get his light. It's amazing. That's salvation. But folks, it's every day as well. We follow Jesus. So it's not just I did that five days ago, five years ago, 50 years. Every day, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Folks, it doesn't mean you're going to walk, not walk through darkness, but someone's going to be with you. You're going to go through suffering and persecution, absolutely. But you're not going to be in the dark. Jesus is with us because he puts the spirit, he puts the light of life in us and he puts us in a family. And just in closing, here's the thing we talked about. As we behold Jesus, we get our identity. And you know how I've been ranting, how I'm just so upset when our identity is all about just be true to yourself. But a lot of times, folks, that's not, it's not good. <laughs> Be true to yourself in Jesus. If we're putting all our hope in being true to yourself and you can't even, we can't even figure out who we are and we change as we go. And it's pretty fragile because as soon as a lot of people say they don't like who we are, oh, the pressure. We behold Jesus. He's the light of the world. Jesus said, this amazing thing to his followers. In Matthew 5, we'll end with this. We get a new identity. Jesus said to his followers, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Peter, who denied Jesus and was a big mess up, and oh man, if anyone is a good news story for us as an example, it was Peter, because he messed up, and later on in his life, Peter writes to the church, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So folks, we have a new identity it's bestowed upon us that just as Jesus lay the world, we as his followers, now we're the light of the world. <laughs> Can you imagine? And we have a new purpose. 
It's being with Jesus, and, as we, and we're going to talk more about this in the new year. We be with Jesus, and as Jesus transforms us on the inside, that's a light, and our good deeds are a light to those around us, and we can give and help and serve. And folks, we're the light of the world individually, but we're the light of the world collectively as God's people and as his church. Folks, this Christmas season, and we do it all year round, but Advent's that whole preparation of understanding who Jesus is. We want to behold Jesus. So this autumn, we've gone through, haven't we? Jesus is the creator, therefore we're a new creation as we follow him. We said Jesus is the son of God. As we behold him and follow him, we become sons of God. We've seen that Jesus is king over his kingdom that we were just singing about. He shall reign forevermore. And if we behold Jesus and follow him, we're citizens of that kingdom. We're his ambassadors this morning. And he's the high priest. He gives us access to God. We're priests. We can pray and have access to God. Jesus is light of the world. And as we follow him, we become light of the world. Folks, it's a game changer. Knowing who we are affects our priorities and our purposes and our passions. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and I just have a few things on the last screen for reflection, and this is some things maybe you can just take a photo of or write down. This week in this Christmas season, I'm asking you to wrestle through this, and for those online, those who are going to hear this later, have you ever considered that not following Jesus actually equals walking in darkness? Because again, I thought for many years, and I think, I'll be honest, when I speak to most of my friends about Jesus, they're very happy that Je I have Jesus, Jesus has me. <laughs> But everyone thinks they're in the light and they don't really need Jesus as an add-on. It's the flashlight. Well, I don't really need it because I'm in the light. But folks, if we take seriously the claims of Jesus, because either he's totally right or totally wrong. There's no, you can't just add Jesus on. He's a fool, honestly, if he's wrong. It's a big question to wrestle through. How does a claim like Jesus Either it's true or he's deceived or, you know, is it just irrelevant? Does it matter? I encourage you just to read the whole of chapter 8 of the book of John this week. You get the context of Jesus saying he's the light of the world. Fascinating chapter. In this Christmas season, there's good news. Don't be afraid. There's good news of great joy for all people because the Savior has come, the light of the world. He's overcome the darkness and he overcomes the darkness today. So let's stand if you're able. We're going to worship. I'm going to pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Lord, I just know, Lord, I can't, my words fail. I can't convince anybody of anything, but your Holy Spirit brings light and revelation. Your Holy Spirit illuminates and shows Jesus as he really is. So I just ask, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you show Jesus as light of the world? And I pray that you're the one who draws, you're the one who convicts, you're the one who 
helps us to become followers of Jesus, Lord. I pray that people would know good news of great joy today, that as they follow Jesus, they will not walk in darkness. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that the light of life would be imparted today. In Jesus' name and for his glory, amen.